Hey friend, and welcome back to the Alex Makes VR podcast. In today's episode, I am going to desperately try to articulate some of my thoughts around the metaverse. It's been a while since we've done a metaverse episode, and in fact, the last time we did, the Facebook announcement hadn't really happened, and I think the metaverse was like this term that was kind of cropping up, but it was still very early. We didn't really truly know what the definition of a metaverse was, and now it seems that it's the only term any technologist wants to talk about outside of the realm of NFTs. So it's kind of interesting to see how rapidly this concept of a metaverse has been adopted by brands and companies since Facebook decided to go all in on their vision for the metaverse. Um, The reason it's taken me a while to do this episode is because I've actually recorded a few different versions of this of this episode and they all end up a little bit bleak to be honest so I apologize in advance if the tone of this episode is going to be rather on the pessimistic side I'll try and be as balanced as possible but I think I have to be honest I had a very visceral reaction to Facebook's keynote and it was one that I was not expecting You would think after half a decade of dedicating your life to a particular medium and to working to build the foundations of a technology um, or an ecosystem and a content system, um, that I would be really pleased to see that uh, Facebook were publicly staking a flag in the sand and saying the metaverse is here, the VR, VR is here, VR is happening, AR is happening. This is all a sure thing now. It's no longer an if, it's no longer an experiment, it is happening. You would think that I would be very excited by that. And don't get me wrong, there was absolutely a huge part of me that was very exhilarated to see this concept that I'd been thinking about for years. Like literally, like I've talked on this podcast about the very examples that ended up cropping up in that keynote. And you know, I'm not going to sit here and pat myself on the back. I don't think it takes a genius to realise that uh, the potential of VR is to create accessible education or um, be able to offer social solutions to people that can't be with each other in the physical world. Um, but there was something very validating about that. But it was very quickly followed by a sense of sadness, I have to say. And I think I've been kind of grappling with this feeling inside since uh, since that announcement to kind of think about the fact that if we double down on this tech, if we say, yes, this is, you know, we're accelerating production of everything now, we're accelerating adoption, this is where everything is headed, whether you like it or not, um, there's a certain level of kind of admitting to yourself or, or having to reconcile the fact that we are advocating to double down on this um, on this digital world. And I don't personally have a problem with that. I actually love technology. I think it does wonderful things. I love the fact that this is a technology that can offer people opportunities that they wouldn't otherwise have in the real world. I love the idea that um, I can go for a walk in my local park with a friend who is living on the other side of the world. Like a lot of my close friends don't live anywhere near me. It's nice to think that there might be a reality where we're not just sat on a on a phone call or a video call, that actually one day we might have a physical um, presence simulation so we can actually feel like we're walking around the park together. We can feel like we're having coffee together. We can feel like we're playing ping pong together. Um, there's something quite nice 
there's yeah there's like a nice kind of feeling that kind of comes um with that possibility but at the same time it makes me think about the fact that doubling down on this digital world without addressing the underlying problems that we've had even with this first generation of tech with smartphones and social media and all of the negative effects that these things have had without addressing those things are we are we kind of certain that we want to power power on in this in this kind of way does that make sense i feel like every time i try and go down this rabbit hole i just lose the ability to speak sentences that make sense what i'm trying to say is when i heard zuckerberg talking about um about this idea of having a digital home about creating a digital space that your little corner of the metaverse I think the way that he was describing it was trying to be aspirational to try and make you feel like oh wow isn't this wonderful that you could have this gorgeous log cabin in the middle of nature um, and this could be yours in the metaverse you could never have that in the real world isn't that so exciting and aspirational but what I thought was kind of like well the reason that isn't possible in the real world is because of a system that is built to make you want to escape your real life. The reason that we're also addicted to our technology um, is because of, of, I would argue anyway, and I'm sure that there's there's lots of research to back this up, but um, is because we're trying to escape the real world and the real world is not set up for the average person like you and I to have a fulfilling, exciting, happy life. Because um, as we all know, wealth and quality of life is concentrated to the top 1%. Now, listen, I am not going to sit here and complain about my quality of life. I had a, I have a great quality of life. I'm very privileged um, in every sense of the word. Um, I recognise that and absolutely I'm not claiming um, that I deserve to be living the kind of uh, lifestyle and I, nor would I want to be living the kind of lifestyle that a Zuckerberg or a Bezos or a Musk is living. But what I am saying is that if we try and tout this dreamlike vision of having a digital home, are we basically just saying to people, let's distract the average person with this digital version of a, of a real life that you'll never be able to have? And the reason you'll never be able to have um, as much goods, as much uh, ac- accessibility, as good quality um of education and facilities as some people do in the world is because of the concentration of power and wealth. Do you see what I mean? And this is where I'm saying that it can get quite bleak because what I'm saying is, do we want to be, like, when I think about this, I think about my nephews who are um, three and one. And I just think, is this definitely the world that I want to build for them as someone and obviously this is not just all on me this is not just all on you but collectively as the creators of this technology the content the ecosystem we are contributing to it and we have to be really sure that this is what we want to do do we want to build a world where they spend the majority of the time in this digital world um, whilst their quality of life in the real world slowly diminishes around them. Um, 
And again, I realise that is that is a very extreme look at the kind of the negative side um, of all of this. But I do think it's important that we consider it because I don't think in good conscience we can just go along gleefully um, and then all of a sudden turn back and be like, oh, yeah. We probably should have thought about that a bit more. A bit like with social media when we're seeing, you know, high rates of suicide, high rates of online bullying, uh, mental health being the poorest it's ever been, directly linked to the use of your phone and direct, uh, directly linked to um, the algorithms and the way that the social networks uh, devour your attention and, and manipulate your psychology to get you to use them. Like, what do you think is going to happen when all of a sudden it's no longer a rectangle that you are inseparable from, but it's a pair of glasses that you wear on your face where they can see your world at all times and don't believe for a second that a company like Facebook is going to respect your privacy because they're absolutely not. Um, so <laughs> now that I've gone on that tirade, let me bring it back to the positives. I thought that it was a very exciting moment to think that uh, we were about to step into a new generation of um, of world building, where potentially the kind of person that would not be able to have a job um, uh, in the digital world right now, or or is is kind of currently working a you know a labour intensive hard physically hard, uh, low paid job in the real world might potentially end up uh, taking on a role that doesn't even exist yet, like a digital architect, a digital interior designer, a digital host, all from the comfort of their house. Like there's so many positives that, that can come along with this. Like I say, a big one for me has always been education and accessibility to that and also helping people who, uh, like for example, people, um, with uh, disabilities or people with physical impairments, people that can't uh, experience certain things in the real world, such as hospice patients, um, you know, end of life patients that can't actually leave their hospital beds, but all of a sudden you put on a pair of glasses and there you are, you're at Sunday dinner with your family. Like these are all beautiful use cases for this technology. Um, and definitely as creators, this should be, ex it should be very exciting to think about this endless world of possibilities that is about to open. Like imagine being at the early stages of the internet or the early stages of app development for, for phones like the possibilities ahead were just and still are astronomical um that's where we are with the metaverse and so there's lots of exciting opportunities ahead but i just really feel like for me personally i'm still working it through in my head i'm still thinking about it a lot um i think we do have to be very cautious as we go and we have to we at least need to think through the potential consequences because the thing is when when Zuckerberg and his mates were originally building the uh, the Web 2.0 movement, they didn't probably think about what it could potentially look like. They didn't think through the negative consequences of having a billion or however many billion people they have on across their platforms. They didn't think about what that revenue model would look like and what the um, what the consequences of that would be exploiting people's data. They didn't think through the fact that if they got so much uh, uh, influence on people that potentially that could be misused by people in power to sway elections and to spread misinformation. Um, they didn't think it through. And that's the problem. I don't listen. I don't want to come across as someone that thinks that all people people who have power and money are evil. I don't think Zuckerberg goes to bed at night thinking about how he can 
get the world for himself so he's gonna manipulate all of us little minions into a digital world he's gonna plug us all into the matrix so that he can have his his uh him and his billionaire buddies just uh, you know enjoy the real world because the real world will be a luxury by then um i don't think he thinks like that but i think it's a problem that he doesn't realize that that could be a consequence of this and so it's up to us the creators the people who are kind of the actionable executors of this uh, of this uh, new world to think through those things so I think I've got, I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> Where does this leave you? Where does this leave us? Well, for me, having this realisation has really thrust me further and further into the world of exploring NFTs, cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. And the reason being is that if we are going to build this thing, if we are going to double down on digital, if we are going to try and build a better world that exists online and hopefully have that bleed into the real world by, you know, making people um, <laughs> have a better quality of life, better mental health, better all of these things. Then the, the way that we do that with the digital world is by giving power back to the people. And the only way you do that is by decentralizing everything. So no longer do the people that build the metaverse own it. The people that use it should own it. And that's where Web3 comes in. That's where blockchain comes in. Uh, for those of you who've heard me talk in other episodes about this stuff, um, this will make total sense to you. If you haven't heard me talk about this stuff before, maybe go back and listen to the episode where I talk about Web3 and what it means for virtual reality. But essentially what it would mean is if we built a decentralized metaverse, it would mean that Zuckerberg doesn't get to make the decisions. We would have a essentially a kind of truly democratic way of deciding things about what happens with our metaverse. So for example, if I built a metaverse on a blockchain, even though I was the founder of it, I was the one who created it. If 51% of the people using it decided that they wanted to get rid of a certain feature because it was it was harmful or they wanted to change a certain feature to be more beneficial to mental health or whatever it might be, then that would happen because that's how blockchain works. 51% of the, um, I'm not, I'm not sure of the actual technical side of it, but essentially I, I'm assuming like 51% of the people that are running the nodes, which is essentially, uh, the way that blockchains work, which I'm, I'm again, I'm not going to get into the weeds of the tech side of it, but essentially, um, it becomes a, truly decentralized democratic way of deciding things a bit like um if any of you are familiar with cryptocurrencies and uh, especially something like ethereum which is the cryptocurrency um that has a lot of utility it's essentially the way that you you can build on top of ethereum just like you can build on top of the internet so ethereum is kind of like the blockchain foundations um for a decentralized web and uh, Ethereum, which was founded by three people, um, although I think only one of them is now still with a uh, project. His name is Vitalik, I believe, which I've always thought is an absolutely phenomenal name. Um, but essentially he can put out his vision of, of, up, of upgrades and things that need to happen on the Ethereum network. But it's only if 51% of the developers behind uh, 
Ethereum, the people running the nodes, the people mining the cryptocurrency, it's only 51% of them agree with that vision that it happens. Um, and I think that's quite an interesting way of doing things. Imagine if Zuckerberg um, made all of Facebook's social ne uh, social networks into um a decentralized asset so that you and I as users of Instagram, as users of WhatsApp, if we got a vote, if we got a vote on new features, if we got a vote on whether or want, whether we wanted um, to earn money from our, from our data being used, to earn money from, um, you know, being served adverts, etc, etc. That's essentially what a Web3 decentralized metaverse could look like. So um, I'm not going to ramble about that anymore because I'm still educating myself on it. That's why that wasn't the most coherent episode in the world. But the way I see it is whether we like it or not, and to be fair, I do. I don't want to, again, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, like I feel like I'm very excited about all of this, I'm a lover of tech, I'm a lover of people, I'm a lover of creativity, and this is a next step towards everyone being able to, well I say everyone, of course we have to acknowledge that there's still a large uh, majority of the, uh, not majority, sorry, but there's a large proportion of the world that still doesn't have access to internet. So we do need to think about like what that means for, you know, the less, the less fortunate and people that don't even have access to the current tech, let alone the future tech. Um, but for those of us in the developed world, this is the start of a new chapter. It's a very exciting chapter, but it's one that we should tread carefully as we go towards. And if we are going to build something as powerful as a metaverse, a new imagining of the internet, internet, then you best believe that I'm going to fight for it to be something that has uh, equality at the core centre of it. Uh, and in order ha to have equality and to have, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Let's leave it equality because my brain is literally fried. But if we want equality at the centre of that, we want to make sure that everyone gets a say and everyone is kind of uh, dictating what the vision of this thing looks like, then we have to consider a decentralised way of building it. So I'm going to get off my soapbox. I'm going to leave my rambles there. Hopefully that sparked some interesting thoughts in you. Um, would love to hear your opinions. I know some of you are going to be like, bloody hell, Alex. I just wanted to hear what fun features the metaverse was going to have. I didn't want a bloody lecture on socioeconomic politics, but there we go. This is what's interesting to me at the moment. And that's what is kind of, you know, on my brain. So that's what I thought I would share with you today. Uh, and I do think it's quite interesting, like as someone who is constantly trying to grow and learn and evolve as a person, I'm always open minded to hearing other people's opinions. And I would love to hear from you. Please reach out to me on social media. It's Alex Makes VR across any of the platforms. Um, but yeah, but it has definitely thrown a spanner in the works for me because it does make me think, you know, what ethically, what do I want to give to the next generation? What do I want to be kind of responsible for contributing to? Um, and I don't think just me is going to have an impact on something like a trillion dollar industry like the metaverse. But I do think that if, if I can drop a seed and if the people listening to this episode, if you guys can go and then have a think about these things and then pass on that information to other people and spread the seed that way, then we're still going to build a metaverse most likely. We're still 
still going to be doubling down on the internet and the digital world, but we'll be doing it in a way where we are conscious and we are thinking and we are not just following the billionaire elites that want us to be their little sheep and trot into this little digital world so that they can, um, you know, do with us what they will. Because you best believe that if Zuckerberg's talking about it, he's got a big plan about how to make it a very, very profitable environment. And every single company that you're hearing from that is jumping into the metaverse um, and even to some extent the NFT stuff, it's because at the moment they see it as another cash grab. But that's not what it's about. This is about so much bigger. This is about creating the next era of technology and the way that we live. Technology has shaped the way that we live. I'm old enough to remember a life without the internet. Like I was a teenager when the internet became... And I'm sure some of you listening are even older than I am. And you you were in your 20s or 30s when the internet became a thing. But like I was, I was like, I was 15 or 16 by the time um, like phones became so good that they could actually like run the internet. I remember having a little crappy flip phone when I was a teenager at school, which you could send like text on and you could just about dial up WAP, which at the time was like, you know, I can't remember what that stands for, but essentially it was the internet, but you couldn't really do anything on it. It was very, very early days. And it wasn't until I was a bit later on in my teens that you could actually do stuff on the internet. And even that was super basic. And since then, it's gone on to literally revolutionize every single part of my life and probably your life. And would we have wanted the people that created that to have really thought through the mental health um, effects the accessibility issues, whether or not it was going to create mass concentrated wealth and power in the 1% and actually diminish quality of life for a lot of other people. You know, these are all the things that I would have hoped that those people would have thought about and they probably didn't, to be honest. So that's up to us to think about this now as we soldier on into the next chapter. Okay, I've talked enough. 21 minutes. Boom. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, guys, For those of you who've been listening to me uh, for a while, you know that things are a bit crazy at the moment. Things are quite a bit busy and I have been struggling a little bit to keep up with these once a week episodes. Um, So I'm really sorry, but for now, I'm going to be taking a break from the podcast, especially because I definitely need to sort my head out. As someone who has built her career in VR, this whole sudden Uh, questioning of like everything about where we go from here and what that means for my career and what I want to do going forward. This is big and heavy on my mind at the moment. So I don't feel like trying to push out an episode every week is is the right thing for me to do right now. Um, So I'm going to take a break. I don't know when I'll be back. Um, Definitely going to enjoy myself. It's my birthday in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to go and enjoy some time with my family and friends. Going to have some time off, hopefully, from a couple of big projects that I'm working on at the moment. I'm sure you'll hear from me before Christmas but if not I'm wishing you all the most amazing end to 2021 I cannot wait to see what 2022 has in store for all of us here's a little spoiler though next year I will be back on a plane traveling the world again it's something that I love to do at least every couple of years get on a plane and see where it takes me for a few months of the year um 
I know a lot of you listening do not live in the UK. So hit me up. Let me know where you are and let me know if it would be something that you'd be interested in me coming and visiting your country because I always love visiting new places and I love visiting them with friends. And as I always uh, open these episodes with, uh, you know that you are a friend to me if you've been listening to the ep- uh, to, to the podcast for a while. So hit me up on social. Uh, where do you live? Uh, would you be up for a visit in 2022? I would love to do a little whistle-stop tour around the world to come and see some of you um and yeah i'm gonna leave it at that have the best day wherever you are in the world i'll speak to you very soon but if not follow me on the social medias you can always get in touch with me there um and who knows when the next episode will come out but in the meantime have the best best day